Just a quick information before we start this episode. After the recording, the MDCG released the guidance for significant change. You can see that on the show notes. I put the link also. And you can see also the blog uh, blog post from Eric Volbrecht uh, where he is providing more information about it. So don't hesitate to go. So during the episode, we'll talk sometimes about this MDCG guidance that is not released. Uh, it's not true anymore. It's released so you can go and find it. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Elazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will help you to define if you have a significant change within your product. So you may know that uh, with the MDR, uh, there is a transition period for some of the products uh, that are going until 2024. But uh, in Article 120, Section 3, it says mainly that if there is any significant change to your design or intended purpose, then your product is not going anymore through this, uh, this transition. But um, a lot of people are asking me, what is a significant change? Is there a guidance? Is there something that can help them to understand that? And I have with me Eric Volbrecht, who will help us to uh, define what is a significant change. <laughs> and he will really uh, tell us what you have to do or not to do uh, to then uh, continue with your transition period. So Eric, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Nice for having me again, uh, Monir. I hope you will really help us to uh, define that because, as I said, I have a lot of people that were asking me, Munir, uh, is this a significant change? How can I define that? Is there a decision tree, something like that? So mm -hmm. what can you answer to that? Well, uh, as usual, uh, as a lawyer, I will have to say it's complicated and it depends. Exactly. Because um, there, are the, the, there are decision trees, uh, but there is no official decision tree yet because uh, we've been promised guidance for quite some time on it and there there isn't any. Basically, the only guidance that we have that does anything in interpreting uh, Article 120, uh, Section 3, is the old December 2017 uh, CAMD guidance and of which we have to wonder whether the CAMD is involved in the first place still, because everything comes out of the, the uh, MDCG these days. Uh, but a lot of different actors have issued guidance. Uh, there, are, uh, there are various notified bodies that haven't, have given their own view uh, on things. Um, uh, MedTech Europe, uh, COSIR, uh, uh, have issued a joint uh, paper on it in uh, last year already. So there are a lot of different interpretations out there. And the problem is also that since, since significant change is going to be, is, is a concept that goes to, is going to be interpreted by your notified body in the first place. Yeah, my advice to companies is that uh, make sure that you understand how the brain of your notified body works on these uh, things because um, that's the first thing you're going to be dealing with. 
Yeah, I, I, I suppose that uh, if you go to one notified body, a significant change will be different to another one because as maybe I've said just before, so uh, when we start to record, to, to discuss about that, uh, it's not like there is a, an artificial intelligence or there is somebody at the back that says uh, everybody will, will think the same. We have really a human interpretation, so you have really to convince your notified body that it is or not a significant change. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and, and then it really depends on who you ask, eh? because, uh, for example, uh, uh, there are even notified bodies like GMAT, for example. Uh, they issued a fantastic uh, paper with flowcharts, very detailed, uh, uh, probably very helpful. But that's that's GMAT. Uh, it's not the same for TÜVSUD, it's not the same for BSI, maybe they will not oh, accept no, exactly. the and, and, and BSI has also issued some guidance, but BSI, uh, the BSI's guidance is, I would say, spectacularly vague. Okay. Um, if TÜVSUD has uh, said a lot in public um, about this, they have presented about it in public, so there's, there's sort of uh, let's say a shopping list that you can reverse engineer from two suits public statements about what they consider a significant change. But uh, yeah, that's that's about it. So if you if you are a company with MDD or AI MDD certificates, it's it's I would say it's vital for you to know what the notified body thinks about these changes so you still have the opportunity to implement them before the date of application hopefully because otherwise you can't implement them afterwards anymore any any change that is a significant change you can't implement it afterwards anymore unless of course you want to run the risk that your certificate is invalid because that's that's i think another uh, point that is still quite unclear Legally speaking, because of course as lawyer I'm I'm a, I'm I'm very very nerdy on these uh, things because they really matter. The legal effect of a significant change is basically not described very well. Okay. Because Article 120 says uh, these changes cannot be implemented. Right. So then the question is, what is what is the effect of that? Literally, what does it say? The article. Let me look at my other monitor, provided that there are no significant changes. So that means uh, 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 when this whole discussion started, actually, that's that's how it started. Because Team MD, I think it was back in 2018 or even older, they issued a statement uh, when they were uh, going to do when they were talking about what should the certification agreement look like for surveillance in the post. Uh, in the 2020 to 2024 soft transitional period. Okay. Right? Because because the, the, the whole idea was, uh, yeah, I mean, if the, um, if the MDR becomes applicable, then the directives are repealed. So yeah. if you have a certification agreement for surveillance under the directives and the directives are repealed, then you need a new certification agreement for surveillance under the zombified directives, as I call them, right? Because first, the, the, the MDR says we kill the directives, they are gone. Oh yeah, but we resurrect them partially for the purpose of Article 123. So we've got zombified directives, so we need... So these notified bodies said we need a surveillance agreement for the zombified phase of the directives. 
And basically, the, 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 the legal position is what, what applies under this certification agreement. And the team and be notified bodies at the time says, said, um, as soon as we smell a significant change, your certificate is invalid immediately. So it means that it means that it means that you have to anticipate those. So to know them first, to anticipate them, right. and maybe to start to inform notified bodies before to implement them. Is it correct? Uh, yeah, because well, I, what what I would what of course there's there's this stage process, right? Because you uh, first of all you need to uh, you need to be uh, talking about a, a change that you need to notify your notified body of in the first place. So that yeah. would be a substantial change in the meaning of the NBOG 2014-3 guidance. Okay. Substantial change. So a change you need to tell your notified body about. But then the second step is, is this change actually a significant change? Because a substantial change would still be possible, provided it is not a significant change and that is for example uh, the, the 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 way that the uh, metec europe and cosier guidance document uh, that is available has been set up i'll um, you'll probably put that in the show notes yep. uh, i think because that's that's i think the best guidance that we have at the moment we the notified body guidances like gmet for example are interesting too but uh, yeah, that's just their interpretation. So uh, uh, just just one thing. So um, what is your interpretation of a significant change? So can we have maybe some examples? Uh, because as we've said on the 120 section three, it says just design and intended purpose. But yeah. what is exactly, what does it mean? Is there some example that we can tell the audience now of if you do that, this is considered as a significant change maybe, or if you do that, it's not. So is there some examples possible? Okay, well, let's say, for example, uh, you have software. Okay. Because uh, I think software is a, it's a, it's a very nice, uh, uh, sorry, software people, uh, but it's, it's a really, <laughs> hopefully I'm not creating any bad examples there for people to have their certificates invalidated because of significant change. But let's, let's look at software because software is, is, is a very uh, 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 changing medical device all the time. It's subject to change basically all the time. So um, a significant change would, I think, for example, be if you add uh, uh, important functionality. That would be a design change okay. or, or, or even an intended purpose change. Um, actually, a couple of days ago, Monier, we were talking about cybersecurity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So let's say uh, I, I have my software out there, my installed base, and I've read, I've, I've read the NDCG um, guidance on cybersecurity. I've listened to Monier's uh, podcast, and I think, oh, shit, I should do something about my software. I'm going to do a big update on, uh, on, um, on software because I'm a good manufacturer. My post-market surveillance plan has identified that it's uh, my security is not state of art. I'm going to do a design change for that. Could also be actually could also be a significant change because the only thing we actually really officially know from the CAMD guidance in terms of significant change is that this guidance uh, says, and I believe it's. 
somewhere in question 20 or something for the MDR guidance, that if you do uh, a design update as a result, as, as a field safety corrective action, then this is not a significant change. Okay. So let's say, for example, we take the software example again. I am a manufacturer. I've had a major security breach, uh, and I decide, okay, I'm going to do a design change to fix this. If you do it as a design change to pursue into a FSCA, it's not a significant change. Okay. If you do it because you are uh, because you think, okay, I'm going to up my game in cybersecurity, it is probably a significant change. Okay, so it's really interesting because yeah, then yeah. we have exactly the same thing. We have a change of the design, but in this circumstance, it's not a significant change, and in the other one, it is, and then we are falling under the MDR. Um, yeah. You have some other examples. Well, you can also think about, uh, let's say, I have a device with uh, uh, with animal tissue. Okay. Uh, uh, let's say a uh, heparin coated uh, whatever, and then uh, my uh, then I am going to uh, uh, I'm going to change crucial supplier okay. because my my crucial supplier keels over. But the new supplier cannot provide me uh, 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 heparin to the uh, specific specifications that I need. So I am going to also need to do a little tweaking to the device in order to, uh, in order to make it compliant again. Okay. It's also a problem. I'm, uh, I'm making this, this extra tweaking step in my example, because changing of a crucial supplier, depending on the notified body you ask, may not always be a significant change. Okay. Because I've seen some notified bodies say, for example, if you are certain that the uh, that the raw material that you get from another crucial supplier is uh, exactly the same specifications then we do not necessarily consider this a significant change because the raw material is the same. Now, the problem is, of course, uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, who do you ask? Uh, because uh, others may say, actually, yeah, if you change a crucial supplier, that is definitely a design change because you are actually getting other raw material. So it's oh. it's it's uh, it's something that you should ask your notified body before to do that. I mean, if your yeah. supplier is stopping to supply you, you have to do something quickly. So it's not like you have to yeah. take well, some some time and decide. I think supplier change is fantastic example because it will always be a substantial change, right? This is always something you need to tell your notified body about. But the, the question is whether it is going to be a uh, uh, whether it's going to be a significant change. And each yeah. notified body will decide by themselves, or they will say yes or no. Provide when you they will hear your arguments to that. Yeah, and preferably you would you would want to have a very good picture of what it's going to be before you ask the notified body. Okay, so to because prepare that, not just to drop them an email. Hey, oh, by the way, I will change my supplier. <laughs> it will change that. Is it a significant change? It's maybe more no, having or, or, or how about we've just done this and we are informing you. Because then it might be that you get an email back saying, congratulations, your certificate is invalid now. So yeah, so the consequence of those significant change, if you don't uh, anticipate them, 
immediately your certificate is um, invalid. Yeah, that's the last position I've seen Team ND take on these matters. Uh, because normally uh, you would um, you would expect, uh, and that's that's also where what I would expect to be addressed in MDCG guidance. Uh, as a lawyer, my personal grief about uh, about notified body decision is is that your legal recourse or uh, uh, against notified bodies is typically uh, not very good, right? Because you can go through the internal appeals procedure. First, if you don't agree with something, well, I can tell you I have terrible experiences with that because guess what? The notified body is always right. Okay. Basically always. I think about 90% of the cases in my experience. And then, yeah, you're basically out of luck. The only, because you'll have a, uh, and even if they do terrible things, like for example, completely misinterpret things and they invalidate your certificate before they can actually have the certificate reinstalled, sometimes this takes weeks. So with significant changes and a team MD that says we are going to be really trigger happy uh, with these significant changes, um, this is not going to uh, be a happy place. I've, I've been doing some research, for example, I've looked at the uh, Team MD uh, updated code of conduct, for example, nothing about how they're going to work with uh, significant changes in there. Um, so this is something I would say for companies, check your certification agreement and check the appeals procedure in there to know if also the significant change whether this is actually a decision that a notified body takes or whether it is a situation that they determine exists. Because if that's the case, then your certificate is invalid immediately. And this is a problem also, for example, in cases where, uh, where you do things like, um, again, depending on the notified body you ask, we were talking about crucial suppliers, right? Yeah. You have a notified body that lists the supplier on the certificate, then changing the supplier requires a change exactly. of the certificate. And there's a lot of debate about whether this is possible in the first place. Okay. I remember some notified bodies saying, uh, 26 May 2020, midnight, that is the cutoff. Then basically we are throwing our printer out of the window because we cannot print new certificates anymore. This is how you should interpret a significant change. Okay. Anything you need to print a uh, that, that would require printing a new certificate to reflect the situation as it is post-change, we will consider a significant change. Now, what I also see is that the, the notified bodies that were saying that also have come back from that position a bit. You also see that the MedTech Europe and COSIR guidance says, yeah, that would be kind of ridiculous if you could not uh, make administrative changes to a certificate because you can't print new certificates. So that's, yeah. I think, a paradigm that has been abandoned. But still, vitally important understand how your notified body interprets this concept because you might be really badly surprised by the fact that you think you're in a discussion with them about what you are doing and then suddenly it turns out that your certificate is gone 
And if your certificate is gone, if they made a stupid mistake, it will take them weeks to correct it. So weeks not on the market. Very difficult to explain that to your CEO and your shareholders. Yeah. But also, um, if it turns out that actually they were right in their uh, in their finding that there was a significant change, your certificate is not only invalid, but also remains invalid. So then the only option you have is to apply for conformity assessment under the MDR. Okay. And we know that, of course, uh, notified bodies have ex- they are idling all over the place with a lot of capacity to uh, to do a, a conformity assessment for uh, CE mark under the medical devices regulation in a couple of weeks. So, so you are you are there for for maybe a month or two or three or four waiting for and that. You can forget about a, even getting an MDR certificate in a year at the moment. I think it's just not happening. I actually I I saw I saw really big. Uh, manufacturers on LinkedIn go on the record okay. saying we are getting, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen that uh, as well, was, uh, well, I won't say who it is, but you can probably, if you do a search on LinkedIn, you can find out. But um, this, this, this manufacturer said, we are getting formal notices of notified bodies at the moment that all MDR work is suspended pending uh, the uh, the MDD and the AIMDD remediation because otherwise we won't be ready in time. So if you're waiting for an MDR certificate, good luck with that. Maybe that clears up after uh, 26 May because then they'll probably throw all the capacity that they have onto the MDR certificates. But even then, there will be such a queue for those uh, certificates for everybody that missed the boat that it will still be, uh, yeah, you can't expect anything to happen quickly, I think. Yeah, so uh, just one thing also. So uh, we discussed about the fact that uh, the notified bodies uh, should be informed, etc. If mm-hmm. I am a manufacturer and by mistake, if I can say, I'm making this significant change, but I'm not really noticing that this is a significant change and I'm continuing to put the thing on the market, um, yep. what will be the issue when the notified body will discover that maybe during a surveillance audit or something like that? Well, the only, the only conclusion can be that they will find a critical non-conformity and will immediately uh, restrict the, the scope of your certificate or take the whole certificate back. That's, that's the only consequence possible. Unless you can, unless you can have a discussion during the audit uh, that this is actually not a significant change, but I would be really prepared, and I think it's a good point you raised there that that also for audit teams to be completely prepared to have a, a discussion uh, a discussion protocol for significant change in your back pocket because if the notified body, let's say they do an unannounced audit. And then they look at your design documentation and they say, this is a significant change and we didn't hear about it. Yeah, and then you'd better be able to talk them out of it. And uh, can they ask you also to recall all the products that you put on the market during that time? Um, 
Well, I don't think the notified body can never ask you to do that. They can just they can just say that uh, your quality system apparently hasn't functioned for this. But it it is a consequence of uh, the fact that you've been uh, because if the if if you implemented the change, there was a significant change, and your certificate was invalid, then yeah, the consequence would be that you've been uh, placing devices uh, outside the being placing off-label devices on the market, basically devices that were not covered by the certificate. And that means that you, of course, you have a difficult discussion with the notified body, but you'll have a more difficult discussion with the authorities. Exactly. Because what will happen then is if you find out that the, the devices that you've been placing on the market were not covered by the certificate, then you may well need to do a corrective action and a corrective action you always need to report to the authorities and the authorities will have uh, a what the beep reaction uh, this this person has been placing devices on the market without a certificate let's uh, let's go see uh, what these people are doing yeah i can i can imagine that and uh, if you are having many author many competent authorities also where you are distributing your products it can be also uh, exponential if i can say uh, one last change that we wanted to cover is about a merger and acquisition i have a company that is transferred to another uh, group um what can happen there if I am during this transition period and I have a class 2A product? So what is the possibilities? Well, what I typically see is that, um, of course, in a merger process, kind of simple remark, sorry, uh, because I've been there quite a lot of times. Um, typically, you've got the legal department running a merger, and then you've got the regulatory department saying, Hello, there is all kinds of stuff wrong. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then you've got people like me in the background saying, hello, the regulatory department is right. Listen to these people. Uh, well, and then sometimes you get the, uh, okay, now you are the department of shut up uh, message from the top. We are doing this merger. And then you say like, okay, fine. <laughs> So it's yeah. it's it's, it's but, but, a situation that is happening. It's not what typically happens. For example, is that uh, you know how uh, medical devices companies typically uh, tend to pick up a lot of different different notified bodies uh, in acquisitions. Yeah, they typically hate that. So what they may do, for example, to be efficient is to already make a plan uh, and say, upon integration, we kick out the uh, notified body of the target, and then we are going to uh, apply for our um, to our uh, to uh, to integrate it with the notified body we already have. Changing a notified body, for example, for uh, for a, a certificate uh, in soft transition. You can forget about it. It's not possible. That's like the that's like the 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 best example of a significant change uh, I can give. Uh, typically, what also happens quite a lot is that uh, a company will uh, buy a startup, they will integrate it, but they want, of course, the technology of the startup to be more in line with the group technology of the company that bought it. Okay. So they implement a design change as a, uh, while they integrate the, the target that they bought. 
So that also means that if you are going to, let's say you're looking, you're, you're, uh, you're a big medtech company and you grow by acquisitions, right? We all know them, there's quite a lot of those. Uh, and you're looking at this nice little juicy startup and you think like, oh, they have pretty technology. I'm going to buy this technology. I will assimilate them into my collective and then I will, um, and I will have a fantastic ready-made uh, uh, CE mark product because they already have their CE mark. Well, then you need to be very uh, uh, considerate about how you do this because if as soon as you implement a design change, then you're uh, already at risk of losing the certificate. And I've seen it a lot with software startups specifically is where as part of the integration into the bigger company, the first thing they'll do is implement design changes uh, in, uh, in the software or intended purpose changes, right? Because okay. for example, they will say, ah, we're not really happy with the way this, this, this startup um, described their intended purpose. So we are going to remodel that a bit for significant change. Okay. And that's, that's really a problem. So it, it actually even depends uh, yeah, what your integration plan uh, uh, it influences your integration plan for a uh, for for any target. So it means if you're doing acquisitions at the moment and you are acquiring a company that's reliant on uh, on an MDD or an AI MDD certificate, or by the way, after the Corrigendum a declaration of conformity or class one software, because if you have a clever software company at the moment, of course, they will make sure that they are covered by a declaration of conformity so they can ride out uh, until 2024 under their declaration of conformity as a class one medical devices uh, software. But still, any software update that adds functionality can be a significant change. And that's uh, and that's that's that also determines even the value of the company, because if you buy a company that says, "Hey, look at us, we are," because of course that's what any company will do uh, in 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 merger, right? They uh, they will uh, they will buff them uh, buff themselves up quite nicely, and they look all shiny, and you get these fantastic uh, uh, investment bank uh, confidential information memoranda. Let's say that this company is a complete no-brainer. They are fantastically compliant. They will earn uh, they will earn the bejesus out of uh, things for the coming years. But the value is really determined about can I even do a design change or can I even change the intended purpose in the coming years? Because if they're on an old certificate, that may be difficult. And so if your if your plan with this company is dependent on a significant change, yeah, then you have a problem. So uh, if we are doing that, uh, this merger and acquisition uh, without changing the notified body, uh, without mm -hmm. changing the design, without changing uh, the intended purpose of the products, but changing the name of the company now, because it's a change on the certificate, it's not the same name anymore, will this be considered as a significant change on your, uh, as your opinion? Depends on uh, which school of thought you are, whether you uh, threw the printer out of the window uh, at date of application or not. I would say it's probably not a significant change, but if I were, if I were a company in the M&A market at the moment, I would form a picture of what a significant change looked like. So if I am looking at a nice juicy little target to buy, 
that I know which uh, which changes will be significant and may invalidate the whole rationale of my uh, merger. Because I've, I've, I've had it a lot with clients where they do other stupid things in, uh, in mergers and where they end up paying uh, three times for the target. Okay. Because first they overpay because the, 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 the target is, is less compliant than they say. Mm-hmm. Then they pay a second time because they need to do these massive uh, remediation exercises. And they pay a third time because the target is going to be not way as profitable as you hope if uh, they can't be on the market because their certificate is gone. And then you'll be in NDR remediation for a year if you're lucky. So um, here, uh, I think with all what we covered now, with all the examples, uh, we have really a, a great picture of uh, what is a significant change. But we are still waiting for the MDCG guidance. As yes. you said, it's something that should come sooner, sooner or later, but I don't know when. Um, I, I suppose this will be really clarifying all those aspects and providing a, really a, um, a clear view for everybody to, to know exactly what they have to expect if they are doing any change. We would hope so, yes. And uh, there is no date for now. We don't know exactly. As far as I know, this guidance has not been put out for consultation. Okay. So So, uh, uh, as far as I know, I may be wrong because it also happens that that things happen and people do not tell me about it. Okay. But as far as I know, there is no uh, pending consultation for this guidance. So this means that either it's not coming uh, this uh, this NDCG meeting, or like we had with the, uh, the the PRRC guidance, it will be a total surprise. Yeah, okay. Because I think that the PRRC guidance was also one of these guidances that was actually put out without consultation. And it's, uh, well... So we saw the mistakes also uh, inside. Less, less than fortunate uh, level of quality. Uh, let's yeah. It like that. No, it's clear. Okay. So uh, I think, yeah, this really helps a lot to understand. Um, As we can say, this is uh, a lot of things that are more an opinion because it depends also on your notified body. It depends on what they think. It depends how you can convince them. We hope that the MDCG guidance will provide more uh, information about what is or what is not a significant change. But be careful, really be careful with this thing because you can put your company really uh, in trouble if you are doing that or if you think you are not but you are in reality so you have really to investigate that and to uh, make a focus on on those uh, on any change that can happen to a company maybe a training of your team of your design team would be really important uh, that they understand exactly what is a significant yeah. change or not because at the end they are the ones that are doing that and uh, yeah they have to understand what are the consequences of this Okay. Train the, mo- train the monkeys in the legal department as well, because they will have absolutely no idea about how this works. So, so let's uh, let's let's organize a training maybe on all this when, when the DCG guidance will be happening, oh, because I think a lot of people needs to know that. Definitely, yeah. Okay, so uh, Eric, thank you very much for for all that. Uh, for the people uh, on the on the audience, so uh, look at the show notes. I will get all documents, all the links uh, regarding the guidance that we talked about today, and then I will put that on the show notes uh, so that you can look at them or, or check what what is available, maybe to uh, for your reference. But yeah, as we've said, uh, everybody is releasing their own guidance, but we are waiting really for the MDCG guidance uh, to uh, make uh, the kind of uh, a good. Uh, information about what is a significant change. 
Okay, Eric. So really, thank you for your help. Thank you for all the information, and I wish you a nice day. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.